Coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Welcome to this special edition of the Just Elders Podcast. We have a brand new show on the JEM Network that is That's Law, hosted by attorney Durante Partridge. Here is a preview of a couple of episodes that have been out. Check the show notes so you can subscribe, and we will see you next week. Ready? Born ready. Dame individually does not have ownership of the copyright, so he cannot individually sell one-third interest of a copyright for reasonable doubt. However, what can Dame do? And what is not blocking him? Or what, what is he not precluded from doing? Dame can sell his one-third interest in Rockefeller. Want to waste my time? Okay. I call my lawyer. He's such a good lawyer that by tomorrow morning, you're going to be working in Alaska. So dress warm. Oh. Hey, man, this is episode one of That's Law with attorney Durante Partridge. Look, man, um, man, that, that's the mood right now. That's the mood right now. I'm so happy to be here. The good folks over at Just Eldridge Media, they got me sitting in the leather chair right now, man. I'm, I'm real plush right now. What's up, Eldridge? The boss, man. I had to shout the boss out for the first episode. Hey, look, I want to say you calling me the boss, but you actually recorded a nicer place to me. Man, <laughs> man, stop. That's the boss, man. So right, we gotta, I got a cloth chair, not a leather chair. <laughs> man, we got to shout out the boss, man. They got me. Uh, they got me up in here plush, man. I appreciate it. We got we got big keys behind the boards, man. What's up, Keith? Yes, sir. Sound effect, man, producing, just everything that you hear, everything that you hear, my guy put together, man. So I do just want to say, uh, before we get into this episode, man, yeah. we, we are excited to have you here oh, man. at Jess Elders Media, man. It brings a level of legitimacy <laughs> um, to have an attorney of your accomplishments, hey, of your caliber on the team. Uh, so for those that are listening, man, this is episode one. Yes. Uh, look forward to seeing episode 100. I know what it looks like to be on the beginning of that journey. <laughs> no so, doubt. So uh, it's coming, man. So what man. you giving the people this week? Man, this week, man, we got some good stuff. But before I get into any of that, I have to give my disclaimer because, look, at the end of the day, I am a lawyer. But I'm not y'all's lawyer unless you pay me a retainer. So any information received or heard on this podcast is not to be taken as legal advice. It's for entertainment purposes only. So you got it? All right, cool. So I, I think they got it. I think at this point we can move forward. I feel comfortable with moving forward. But before we, I guess, get into that, man, let me let me tell you guys a little bit about what this podcast is intended for. This is something I've wanted, I've wanted to do for some time. I've been thinking about it and just jotting things down. And I've tried my hand at producing a podcast and being behind the scenes. And I, shit, I, I'm like Andre. The South got something to say. I got something to say. So in this situation, I, I want to talk about some business stuff. I want to talk about law. Um you know, I got some stuff outside of entertainment law that I want to speak on as well. Maybe some social, political topics, things like that. But we're going to 
always revert back to the law and just be rooted in the facts and, you know, just, just keep it all the way straight and legal to help you guys out, to, you know, guide you with whatever, with whatever you guys are doing. So, so that's pretty much what this podcast is for, and that's what this podcast is about. Uh, I am the managing partner of Lions Den Legal. That is a boutique law firm based in Atlanta. Um, yeah, that's the move. So our law firm specializes in entertainment law and business. So we work with a lot of creatives. We work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So that's what this podcast is about. That's what the podcast is geared towards, those entertainers and entrepreneurs and, you know, just people that are enthused by those particular areas. So without further ado, today we're going to talk about this Dame Dash Rockefeller situation with reasonable doubt. Um, if you've been under a rock, you probably don't know that, firstly, Reasonable Doubt turned 25 a couple of days ago. Just history. 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 Dope album. Dope album. Yeah, man. History. Jay-Z's first album. If you've never heard it, go stream it now. No, I'm not getting paid by Jay-Z or Rockefeller or Rock Nation, but <laughs> it's just the album that I really love. But uh, but but Jay, if you're listening, throw your throw your boy a check or something for that shout out for that plug. But anyway, yep. <laughs> but anyway, moving forward, um, you know this situation it basically boils down to a situation where if we take it back, let's take it back to to ninety ninety five ninety six when this album came out. You got three friends. You got Jay Z. You got Dame Dash. You got Biggs or Kareem Burke. They started Rockefeller, the record label. This is Jay-Z's first album from that label. This is before he signed with Def Jam and, you know, before he's this multi-billionaire that he is today. You know, this this guy's a mafioso rapper. Dame Dash is from the streets. Kareem is from the streets as well. They created this thing, didn't know where it would take them. Fast forward some 25 years later, they're beefing. The beef, you know, it's been kind of building up between Jay-Z and Dame Dash. You know, they had the situation where they split at one point. And it was like parents splitting. It was heartbreaking to watch because some artists went with Dame, some went with Jay. Uh, And there was beef internally with the different artists. You know, personally for me, heartbreaking because I love Rockefeller back in the day. I think one of my favorite albums you know from jay-z is probably volume two hard knock life um and that just really started my enthusiasm and fanship if you will of rockefeller but when they had that riff you know and half of the artists went one way the other half went another way it just continued to escalate and just build up i mean jay-z is is dame dash's one of his kids godfather if i'm not mistaken and now for it to be a situation where they're just completely at odds. And, and we know that that's the case because now we got the law involved. Um, you know, they're, they're just completely at odds. Don't see eye to eye. They're not friends anymore. It's truly the end of an era. So what do we do? And, and this is for specifically those people who are just starting out, whether in business or in music. You know, you have an idea. You have some friends around you. 
you guys are starting out something. So I want y'all to listen very closely to this podcast and take notes and, and just really understand, you know, what's happening and, and how you guys can protect yourself and, and help yourself moving forward. But to get to this particular situation again, you know, Dame Dash a couple of days ago, a week ago, tried to auction off uh, through an NFT one-third interest of the copyright for reasonable doubt. And in response, Rockefeller filed a lawsuit against them to block it. Jay-Z and Rockefeller Records reportedly scored a victory in court on Tuesday, June 22nd. According to TMZ, a judge ruled Rockefeller co-founder Damon Dash is prohibited from selling Hove's 1996 debut Reasonable Doubt as a non-fungible token, at least for now. The ruling is only temporary, but sources close to the case said the federal judge determined Jay-Z and Rockefeller's arguments were credible and correct. However, more filings from Damon Dash's side are likely to follow. Rockefeller and high-profile attorney Alex Spyro filed the lawsuit on Friday, June 18th, claiming Damon Dash has no rights to auction off reasonable doubt as an NFT. Although the auction never took place, Dash was still accused of frantically scouting for another venue to make the sale in an attempt to collect what he believes he's owed. But Dash begs to differ and says the lawsuit is full of inaccuracies, pointing out it's not just reasonable doubt he's trying to sell. Rather, it's his entire stake in Rockefeller Records. He claims Jay-Z attempted to buy his one-third share of Rockefeller in March at a price he deemed unacceptable, so he simply looking for another buyer. When and if he finds the buyer, Dash says, under the terms of the deal with the potential buyer, the buyer would buy my share of Rockefeller Records and Jay-Z will have exclusive administration rights. And the lawsuit was successful. Uh, he was not able to sell the copyright uh, his or his interest in the copyright as it relates to that because the court found that it was against his ownership of the business. He doesn't have direct ownership uh, of that, of the copyright for reasonable doubt. So he wasn't able to sell it. So y'all are probably looking at looking at me and listening, you know, to this thing right now, like, what is he talking about? Copyright and ownership and all of that good stuff. So I think it's important to dial back a little bit and, and let's talk about the structure of Rockefeller. So as I've already said, you know, Dame, Jay, and, and Biggs, they created Rockefeller. Uh, in the midst of that, they established Rockefeller Incorporated which all three of them own equal interest in Rockefeller Incorporated. So they, you know, Rockefeller Incorporated is not a publicly traded company or anything like that. So it's just the three of them that own the company. Um, so with any music that is owned by way of copyright, they all own the music collectively or at least receive proceeds from the music. Let's say it that way, because they don't own the copyright. The company does. Uh, the company is a separate entity from that of the individual. So, again, as a byproduct of the music selling and, you know, making revenue and generating revenue, they get a check from that. But they specifically cannot, you know, as the judge pointed out, sell their interest in a copyright. Uh, what can they do? What can Dame sell? And, and we'll talk about this a little bit further um, later in this episode. But, you know, Dame has the right to potentially sell his ownership of the company, not necessarily that specifically of the copyright, but the company itself, Rockefeller. So getting back into, I guess, the chronology, if you will, of this situation, um, Dame Dash, Jay-Z have been going back and forth. Now we're at this point where a lawsuit has been filed. Dame can't sell his position or his portion 
And also in the lawsuit, Jay-Z's lawyer, or, well, let me not say Jay-Z's lawyer, because it's, it's Rockefeller lawyer uh, specifically. Rockefeller's lawyer is saying that Dame shouldn't have any interest as it relates to reasonable doubt and should not have any, I guess, say so as to how the album is uh, negotiated or making money from it or anything along those lines, which I don't necessarily agree with that. Again, he's a one third owner of the company, so he should definitely continue to eat off of it and, and have say so. But I think this is one of those situations traditionally where if you're not getting along with your business partners, then it, it makes it difficult to do business with. them. I mean, let's just let's just I guess talk about, you know, from a sibling perspective, you, you grew up with your brothers and sisters and. You know, all the time, back in the day, you guys were playing the Sega or PlayStation or whatever, and when somebody loses, somebody gets upset. Or maybe you want to play one game and someone else doesn't want to play that. You know, there's a disagreement. So, you know, maybe an argument or a fight ensues as it relates to that. But, you know, it just makes it hard to, I guess, coexist with that person in that particular time. And I think that's what we have here in this situation. I mean, you know, there have been multiple reports and I don't want to get too deep into the uh, pop culture, social commentary as it relates to this thing. But, you know, there there have been multiple reports where Dame Dash is, you know, stated to have gone off in board meetings and things like that, because as a corporation, you still have to have board meetings. You know, that's a requirement of, of being incorporated uh, versus that of an LLC, which is, is not required. Uh, typically in, in those types of business entities. But with the with the corporation, at the very least, you have to have those corporate meetings. So in those meetings, you know, it just makes it hard for the, the parties to talk and to work through their issues or anything like that. So, you know, we're a long way, you know, from the 90s, the late 90s when Rockefeller was at the, the pinnacle of this thing, right, um, to where we are now. So um, it, it's just tough. So to liken that to what you guys may experience, let's let's talk about it a little bit. Like I said before, gave the example that you might want to start a business with your friend or get into the music industry. Um, how, how would that look or how would that work for you guys as you guys are uh, working with your business partners and, you know, you got a dispute. Uh, in fact, you know, the, the, the CEO, my boss, I had a situation like that. Don't want to get too deep into it, but nonetheless had a situation. And uh, you know, we had to work that out. And, you know, for client confidentiality, I don't want to get into that or whatnot. But, you know, it, it ended up being a situation where we had to, to work it out and, you know, remove him from the business and go from there. So y'all are probably like, man, how how why can't Dame do this if he's a third owner of the company, right? So in this situation, what happens is the copyright is specifically and the copyright and masters rather, as it relates to reasonable doubt, it's assigned to the company. So the company owns it 100 percent. So we have three members of the corporation uh, company, corporation, same thing, interchangeable, who all receive proceeds or benefits, you know, from that of a company uh, and they split three ways. However, individually, they don't own the copyrights. The company does. And again, they are the individuals are separate from that of the company. So in that situation, you know, the company would as a whole, because the three of them compose the company, 
they would have to make a decision together as it relates to moving the copyright or, you know, anything with regard to reasonable doubt. Do we know do we know where Big stand on all this? We don't. Ironically, he's not said anything, but we can allude to the fact that he's probably on the side of Jay-Z because the lawyers for Rockefeller are only targeting that of Dame Dash, and Dame Dash is the only one trying to sell uh, his interest, you know, through an NFT. So Biggs has, you know, been quiet about it, and, you know, in recent times as well since he was released from prison, uh, it appears that he's been working closely with Jay-Z as well. So it, it sounds like he might be in a position where he doesn't want to bite the hand that feeds him, so to speak. If that makes sense. So so that's that's how that works, you know, as it relates to that. And, you know, as far as protecting yourself, you know, the thing that I advise clients, as I have advised you, is when you're starting a new entity, you know, whether it be a corporation or whether it's a limited liability company or LLC, you want to have a set of rules as it relates to those entities, uh, be it bylaws for your corporation or be it your um, – you know, any agreements that you have internally as it relates to how the owners are to operate in these situations. Uh, I've started businesses for a number of clients, and so long as they have multiple members or multiple owners within the company, you have to have that outlined because, you know, it's, it's a common theme. You know, when money starts to roll around and power and things like that, who, who has the majority say so, you know what I mean? Or how do we make decisions and things like that? If it's just two of us, you know, who has the tie-breaking decision-making, you know, and how does that work and how does it look? And if you don't have it outlined up front, you know, either by an agreement or just some general understanding, then it's very hard, you know, when you do have a dispute to work those disputes out. So I just advise clients at the very beginning, let's talk through those conversations. Now, they can be real tough conversations, but at the end of the day, it can save a big headache down the line. So it's just really about getting out in front of it and, and doing it, basically. What's up, family? It's your boy, Eldridge. And I'm going to be real. I'm coming at you because I need your support. Uh, from the beginning, you have always had my back. I can think about when I started MADE, Motivated Adults Developing Excellence, a leadership development program making better leaders in our community. Because of your donation, your hours of volunteering, we were able to impact hundreds, I will argue even thousands of young people throughout the community and throughout the country. Shortly after that, we brought you Spendify, a digital platform that is still helping you find amazing black-owned businesses in your community. Because of your support, we were able to get on CNN, go on V103. I'm in Ebony Magazine because y'all believe in me. Next... I landed in the world of podcasting, and I'm going to be real, I feel like I'm at home. When I get on this mic right here, my passion, my personality, everything comes together in such a beautiful way that the listeners are telling us that they hear us, they want more of us. And because of that, I'm coming to you now. I'm proud to announce that I'm launching the Just Elders Media Company. Just Elders Media will be creating positive, impactful, entertaining, and educating content every week. Not just my show, but several shows. And I can only do this with your support. Do me a favor. Go to JustEldersMedia.com so you can learn more about what I'm doing and how you can get involved. And I promise you, if you support me on this venture, you'll be glad that you had a front row seat. Talk to you soon. I would love to share the vision with you.
All right, so overall, you know, here, here's what we have. We have a situation where Dame Dash, through NFT, tried to auction off one-third ownership of Reasonable Doubt. We have a judge that said, nah, eh, eh, can't do that, and blocked him from doing it. So the law is, as it relates to this situation, again, the company owns the copyright. Dame individually does not have ownership of the copyright, so he cannot individually sell one-third interest of a copyright for reasonable doubt. However, what can Dame do and what is not blocking him? or What, what is he not precluded from doing? Dame can sell his one-third interest in Rockefeller. So I'm petitioning about 30 of my closest friends. Let's all pitch in. Let's let's buy Dame Dash's interest. I got five on it. How much y'all got? Hey, I put in on that. <laughs> I put in on it. How, how much do you think you'll sell it for? Man, I don't know. I think it's it's not been reported what Jay-Z has offered them, but, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's probably in the tens of millions, if not more, you know. And because, honestly, because he does have the right to sell, Jay-Z going to fold and give him whatever he wants. Probably so, because, I mean, you know, you don't you don't want that third-party person that doesn't understand Rockefeller, that doesn't understand how the business should flow or anything like that, or understand the nature of the business in your business, because that can make it rough as well. I mean, just, just think, you know, a situation where you and your friends started a business, you guys have a culture as it relates to the business, but then you go and sell it to someone that doesn't understand your culture and doesn't understand the business. It just makes it really challenging, you know, to operate the business and just keep the business going. So, again, I understand it, y'all. Let's put our money together. Let's let's buy this thing. What's up, Keith? Damn. <laughs> nah, but I, I had a question, though. Um, could the business be set up to where – reasonable doubt with the masters of it is owned by Rockefeller and then after that Jay-Z as an artist owns the rest of his masters like he set it up to say alright volume one blueprint Jay-Z the artist owns that but because it was the first album and the business mm. you know it's the first album right could that because could, I'm wondering you know how does that cut up because like you said you don't want a third party just having control or whatever right but he definitely has control of everything else that he does. Absolutely. And and, and I failed to mention, and where, where that comes in, that the reason why Rockefeller has this ownership of reasonable doubt is be, is based on Jay-Z's contract with them as an artist. He's, he's a part of the company. He's co-owner of the company, but he also signed himself to the company as well. So with that being said, the signature, him signing to the company – he signed over the rights to Reasonable Doubt also to the company. So, again, all three of them own it, and he doesn't own it. Later in his career, he was able to maneuver and buy his masters for majority of his other albums because I believe Rockefeller still owns a couple of the other albums as well in the catalog. But nonetheless, he was able to buy back most of his catalog, and he's able to maneuver and do what he sees fit. So if he wanted to sell a third interest in you know something that he wholly owns, he can do that. But in this situation, Rockefeller owns it. So it would need to be a situation, and I think that's what you'd have here, if, if in all honesty. And it sounds like there might be some, I don't want to say hate, but, you know, with the beef between Dame and Jay, 
there might be some issue as it relates to, well, if I sell Jay this, he's just going to go and own everything outright, you know, because Biggs is working with them. So there might not be any resistance as it relates to that. So do I just want to hand this over to him or do I want to make him sweat and make him pay me, you know, what, whatever it is that I'm asking for in this situation. So it's no telling, man, but, but that's the reason why in a nutshell that, uh, you know, Jay-Z doesn't have sole ownership and Rockefeller does in this situation of, of that particular album. So, yeah. Wrapping up, the best thing for you guys to do when you're doing starting a business, make sure you have your agreements, line, agreements lined up. Make sure you guys know how you're going to move forward. And, you know, make sure that you understand if a dispute arises, this is how you're going to take care of it. Don't be like Dame Dash and, you know, try to go for a money grab or anything like that because you'll get blocked. So, you know, that's that's that. But uh, thank you all for turning in. I think now we're going to turn to some questions that you guys may have. Keith, we got any questions today? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to call my brother. I better call my housekeeper. I got to call my lawyer. Can I make a phone call to my lawyer? that sound good? I want to check with my attorney. Mama, call my lawyer, call the time to go to trial. Don't read me no charges, call my lawyer. I said I need a lawyer. Alright, alright. Today's question actually comes from Mike Dunlap out of Decatur. Mike Dunlap out of Decatur. Eastside. Uh, he said he is in the process of starting a new business. Okay. Um, he hears everyone talks about LLCs. Yeah. But what is the form of a corporation he should choose? Incorporation, LLC. So it looks like you basically asking, is LLC the number one choice or what are the other structures that he should use right. when it comes to starting his business? Man. Good question. Appreciate yeah. you, Mike. Good question, Mike. Good question. Mike, it really depends on what you're trying to do. And, again, this is not legal advice either way, but uh, it depends on what you're trying to do, Mike. LLC is a flexible and a common uh, form form of business that you can start in the state of Georgia. Uh, you also have the opportunity to do a corporation, uh, be it an S-Corp or C-Corp. And we can break down that a little bit more, but um, it, it just really depends with the LLC a uh, couple of advantages that you have as it relates to that is pass-through taxation. And pass-through taxation basically is where you're taxed according to, you know, how you are as an individual, so to speak. So in this situation, for instance, uh, if you have any losses or if you're making money under the LLC and you're losing money under the LLC, then it's exactly you know, how you would file your taxes as an individual. Um, so that's, that's one of the benefits as it relates to that because you, you can put yourself in a higher tax bracket uh, with an LLC depending on how much you're making for the company. But at the same time, if you're spending a lot of money as well, you could reduce your tax liability at the same time. So it really just depends on, again, what you're doing. Uh, some of the benefits with a corporation – you know, kind of the same thing looking at taxation. Uh, with a corporation, we have double taxation because we have uh, taxes on shares that you may hold from the corporation, and then we have also taxes on income uh, that is made from the corporation. So if you're in a high tax bracket, so to speak, 
and you're not, you know, taking in a lot of dividends, you know, you individually could be taxed at a lower rate than that of the corporation. Uh, so it could give you a little bit of protection as it relates to that and, and, you know, keep a little bit of money in your pockets, basically. So uh, what I would suggest is that you give us a call, uh, Lions Den Legal, hit us up. We can walk you through, you know, that process and how that looks specifically for your company. And if anybody has a question like that, uh, definitely feel free to, to hit us up and, and, and we'll definitely walk you through it and, and guide you. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Lions Den Legal, uh, Facebook the same, and Google also, uh, Lions Den Legal or lionsdenlegal.com. Uh, we'll take you to the direct website. So look us up, hit us up, and let's do some business. All right, y'all. So that concludes the first episode. Man. I tell you what, I was sweating bullets in this thing, man. I got the boss here. I got, you know, my producer, Keith, man. Crazy, crazy show. Thank y'all for tuning in. We're going to, you know, continue to deliver quality content week after week and just, you know, continue to get better. So appreciate you guys again. And, you know, remember that no information given out over this podcast is construed or should be construed as legal advice. Uh, I'm not your lawyer. I, I would love to be. So hit us up as it relates to that. But nonetheless, this is all for entertainment purposes. Have to give that disclaimer again. And, you know, just before we get out of here, just have to remind you guys when you're starting a business or you're in the music industry, it's not about opinions. It's not about facts. It's about the law. That's law. Peace, y'all. Born ready. Typically, when we talk CEO, we, we talk someone that is able to see the broad picture. Uh, this is also someone that is consistent. This is also, and it, it's not necessarily the most knowledgeable person. You want to waste my time? Okay. I call my lawyer. He's such a good lawyer that by tomorrow morning, you're going to be working in Alaska. So dress warm. We back. It's another That's Law Thursday. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Welcome to That's Law with Attorney Durante Partridge, man. We have a very, very, very special episode for y'all this Thursday. Thank everybody for rocking out with me and just listening to the pod over the last couple of weeks, man. Numbers are crazy. Appreciate you guys for checking in, subscribing, sharing. Uh, liking my post on Facebook and everything and, and Instagram and all of that, man. We appreciate it. Um, we back. We back again with another episode. Uh, look, before we get started, of course, we got to put the disclaimer out there. This is for entertainment and information only. This is not legal advice. Uh, I'm not your lawyer, but we are available to be hired. Hit us up. Lions Den Legal. But uh, let's get right into it. We're going to talk about tonight... Uh, we we sort of touched on it before when we talked about the Rockefeller situation with Jay-Z and Dame Dash and, you know, how how that whole thing worked out and what Dame could do and couldn't do. And, um, you know, kind of went back to the drawing boards and was like, well, we, we could touch on this a little bit more. Not necessarily speaking about Rockefeller, but what should we do 
when we're getting into a partnership, you know, with friends, family, or just in general, when we, we're about to enter into a new business and we want to bring in partners or people that we want to work with, what does that look like? Uh, I have a number of clients who operate in that space, uh, who have been faced with these challenges, uh, who have jumped into business without coming to me first, and now they're trying to get out of them. So how does that look? What should you look for? And, you know, what? how does that go? Um, and, and after I talk and give sort of an overview as it relates to that, we got a very special guest here today. Um, yeah, very, very special guest as it relates to this topic. Uh, one of my clients who is here, who's going to speak on this topic as well. And, and we'll introduce them later in the show. But let me let me jump right into it. Let me give a little bit of an overview as it relates to what I want to jump into. So let's say you got a friend or you have a person that you guys have been talking and you want to get into a business with them. How, how does that work? What should you be looking for? Um, how should that be structured, so to speak? And before you guys jump into it and spend any money and all of that, I think first and foremost, you need to understand whether or not you can work together. What is that person's personality like? Are they crazy? Are you crazy? If something goes left and you guys have a disagreement, what does that look like? How do you guys handle yourselves in that situation? And I think that's, you know, first and foremost, the most important thing. Can I get along with my business partner, whether or not we're starting a LLC corporation or just entering into a general partnership? Can I get along with that other person? You know, what is their personality? Uh, is this person a person that has a common goal as me as well as it relates to the business? Some people just like to do business just to flex on the gram, so to speak. Some people, you know, want to get into business to make money. Some people don't really care about making the money. Some people, again, just want to either flex or just say, hey, I, I have a business. So what does that look like? You know, you have to talk and have to come to some sort of understanding as it relates to that and and figure that out. So I think those are two nuggets outside of legal that are very important to, you know, really pay attention to. But let's jump into some legal stuff as it relates to this. So obviously, when you're starting a business, uh, we are pro-contract. You know, how does that look? What does the contract have? What should it include? And, you know, these are some common questions that clients have for for us when they come to us to talk about, hey, we want to start this business and I have this business partner. So how should we do this thing? And, you know, what I typically my advice as it relates to that is to, you know, again, go through that checklist. Can y'all get along? Are y'all going to be able to work with each other? And, you know, do you guys have a common goal? OK, yeah, great. So let's move forward to the next step. <clears throat> with regard to starting the partnership. Once we figure out the type of entity we're going to form, um, what are the rules as it relates to that entity? Have you all talked about that? And typically the answer is no, or typically they have talked about it at some to some extent, but not you know very much so in depth. So I ask a couple of follow-up questions as it relates to that. <clears throat> So I ask a couple of follow-up questions as it relates to that. Um, you know, for instance, who is going to handle the money? 
And that's typically a question that, you know, uh, typically raises the eyebrows and, you know, people start to look at themselves (laughs) and the other partner and say, well, we haven't really talked about that. Should, Should one person handle the money versus the other? And I always tell clients, look, whoever's stronger as it relates to that, that's who should do it. You know, when we're talking about defining roles within the company. Um, everyone is familiar and, and throw out the titles of CEO, president, CFO, things like that, but don't necessarily know what they mean. So we have to start digging into that to understand what those terms mean and start to allocate those terms and roles as it relates to the strong suits for the different people that are involved with the company uh, with regard to partners. So that's that's one thing and probably one of the most important things once we've gotten over that hurdle that you all can work together and are interested in moving forward with this business. So once we get through understanding what roles are and defining roles, the next question is, well, how do we run the business? What does that look like? Who, you know, will do the admin work? Who will, you know, provide the service or create the product? And things like that. And, and typically, that's that's pretty much straightforward uh, in most situations. If you have a product or service, typically you have either one or both parties that, you know, are able to contribute as it relates to that. Uh, so that's, that's straightforward and that's easy. So then one last thing that I try to take clients to is, well, let me ask this. If you guys have a disagreement or want to terminate the business, how does that look? Who gets what in this situation? And clients start to look at me a little bit more strange because right now this is sounding more like a relationship or marriage. And I tell clients that all the time. It essentially is. You know, you're entering into a marriage or a relationship with this person that goes beyond that of just surface level. You really have to dig into this. So I want to spend a little time here as it relates to dissolving companies and, you know, kind of going through that breakup process, if you will. Um In most situations, as it relates to that, you want to draft uh, for LLC an operating agreement or for a corporation, your bylaws, uh, or for a partnership, a partnership agreement. But it would outline that information. So what does happen in this situation? And and I think that's, you know, very important to discuss with your partner. Uh, For instance, if your partner decides that I just want out. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, how should we move forward? It could be a situation similar to that, <laughs> going back to that that Rockefeller situation where Dame Dash, who wants out and doesn't want to be a part of Rockefeller anymore, is able to then sell his third of the company to someone outside of the company. And that person can come in and be a part of the company. Or if you're able to set it up up front and you don't want that to be a scenario for you down the line, you're able to come to an agreement to state, well, if you leave the company, either the company will cash you out and the person that remains will continue with the company or, um, you know, the shares will roll up into the company. And again, that that one person will own the full company uh, with maybe like a royalty payment or something along those lines uh, down the road. So it, there's, you know, various ways to handle it, but nonetheless, it's very important to consider uh, how do we dissolve 
if we want to or if someone wants to leave, how does that look? So those are very important things to look at with regard to starting a business and dissolving a business and working through a business. Um, And last thing that I'll say as it relates to this topic is make sure that once you guys figure out how that looks, have a professional draw up that document for you. Um, Get a lawyer. Spend that little bit of money up front because down the line, if you wait and you don't do it, it costs a lot more to get out. And I know that's a little bit cliche as it relates to um, the specifically the legal community uh, with regard to saving money up front. But it's true because, you know, spending four or $500 up front, you know, can save you headache from spending thousands later uh, when you're trying to get out of a partnership or out of a business with a person and the relationship just went south. Um, I have plenty of clients now who have gone through that. I've had plenty of clients in the past that have gone through it. And to be honest with you, litigation is not cheap if it does go that route. Um, and even before you get to litigation, just kind of figuring out, you know, in a marriage, you know, when you go through the divorce process, who gets the drapes, who gets the pictures and things like that. But if you have a company, you know, same thing or an office, you know, who who does gets the, the artwork from the wall? You know, if, if such and such bought it or partner A bought it or partner B, how do we separate this stuff? And then with the name specifically, how does that look? Who has ownership of the name? How do we move forward, you know, with the company, you know, as it relates to that, if I want out and the company, for instance, has my name in it or I came up with the name, how does that look? Who owns it? So, you know, all of those things have to be considered when you're talking about getting into a partnership. And it's very important um, before you engage in that. So just make sure you got all your bases covered as it relates to that. Um, so that's that's pretty much the overview. I'm going to transition a little bit now and bring on my guest. It's a very special guest, as I told you guys before. Um, it's a current client. Um uh, just overall great person. And I'm saying all of this because this is the head honcho of Just Eldridge Media. Eldridge Washington joins me right now. <coughs> Welcome to That's really? Law, sir. Born ready. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What's up, man? Hey, man, I was just sitting here listening and I was like, dang, man. <laughs> if I would have had some of this information you were giving... <laughs> Before, like, <laughs> I would be better off in life. <laughs> this man said in life. Wow. No, I believe that. I believe that. Um, That's real. So, to all the listeners out there, again, this is for entertainment. This is, He's not your lawyer. He's mine. He can be your lawyer. And I suggest that he is your lawyer. Because he is really good. Shameless at, plug. At doing lawyer things. <laughs> um. But like, yeah, man. So let's talk about this. Okay. Cause I, I know now you're, you're looking to start a new business or I am. maybe get into a, a new business where there's a partner involved. Right. And I know that we've talked about it a little bit and you know, what does that look like and how should it go? But uh, let's, let's kind of on the pod, man, for the pod, for the people, just kind of unpack a little bit, you know, as it relates to what you got going on, not, Getting into anything proprietary, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we we can talk about it. So cool. um, 
those that do know me, if you don't know me, I have two companies. Uh, one, Just Elders Media, which is our podcast production company. And my more seasoned company um, is my consultancy, mm. where I consult with small businesses, nonprofits, everything from branding, video production, marketing strategies. Right. Kind of do, what I did was literally take all of my knowledge from any business I've ever had that worked or failed and I sell that information. Makes yeah, sense. That's what I was doing. Okay. <clears throat> but in real life, I don't love it. Okay. Thank you. Producer Key. <laughs> so, real life, you in, don't love it. In but- real life, I don't love it, but I seen an opportunity. I have a friend that she is into the agent. Like, she read all the agency books Okay. Like I don't necessarily want an agency, but I'm getting enough work and clients that I could form an agency, if that makes sense. Absolutely. But that ain't my goal. But I don't want to leave the money on the table. Right. Because for, for a minute, I was actually trying, and I told you this, I was trying to sunset the consultant business right. and go fully over here. Right. But it's too much money on the table. So I got a friend, she does this. She reads all the agency books. Mm-hmm. She loves it. Right. And now we're in conversation of merging. Okay. And starting a completely new entity. Okay. Um, so, yeah. But I, I also have um, what they call it, a PS, uh, PS uh, post-traumatic, uh, <laughs> you know, I have that. PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> I have PTSD. I have partnership PTSD. Partnership PTSD. That's a new one. We got to trademark that one. <laughs> like, for sure. I do because I have been in businesses where your partner can literally, and depending on how you set it up, because mm-hmm. both of these partnerships I set up without the guidance and insight of my new counsel. So, if they fall off, your business fall off. Everything you put into, everything you worked on, right. they could sabotage it. They could filibuster mm-hmm. it and sit on it. So, you know, I'm like, ah, this honestly might be one of the best partnerships that I could ever start. Right. Other than me and Keith. Right. Shout out to Keith. Right. You know, Shout um, but what me and Keith got, you don't find it. That's like rare shit. Oh, like, it's totally rare. Like totally rare. You don't find shit like that. So I only I'm not even counting that. Right. But this partnership right here could be really good. We we are the opposite of each other. We respect what we both bring to the table. That's key. And that hasn't been the case in a lot of situations I've been in. Um but I don't know where to start and how to start. And I want to protect myself and my energy and my time. Right. Meaning I want to be, if I get in this, how do I get, it's almost like it's scared because it's like I'm marrying, it's like, it's a business partner prenup. Right. Exactly. That's, that's a very good way to phrase it and coin it because that's what it is. Essentially. You're, you're planning for the worst. Right. In this situation. So how do, how do we go in and plan for the worst effectively? And Often that's the elephant in the room because no one wants to talk about it, but it's always in the back of the mind of how will this look if this thing goes left. You know my favorite question that I ask partners. My favorite question now. You want to be CEO? 
fair question. Because that starts the conversation. Absolutely. That starts to, like, we got to start dividing this pie. Right. It's a it's an icebreaker. And you get to know right out of the gate, okay, is this person going to be a dominant and wants to be, you know, at the top of the food chain, so to speak, as it relates to this company? Or do they want to deviate that to me? So, all right. Who should be CEO based off of personalities, characteristics, attributes? Who should be CEO? I can tell you why I typically don't be CEO. I think typically when we talk CEO, we we talk someone that is able to see the broad picture. Uh, this is also someone that is consistent. This is also, and it, it's not necessarily the most knowledgeable person as well, because you can have all the knowledge in the world with regard to what you're doing, but still not have those CEO qualities. So that person that's most consistent has that broad perspective and is able to vision, that's a visionary and able to see the company through the vision and navigate the company, you know, towards that vision that you guys set mutually. So that that's who I would select. Okay. So I think I have a lot of CEO attributes, but that sounds like one of those things that everybody should say about themselves. Absolutely. It does. But the reason why I don't take CEO a lot of times, most companies I've been a part of, I became the COO. One, I am really good with logistics and operation. Which is a necessary quality for that, for sure. Uh, I'm really good with that. But two, I'm never going to get lost in the sauce. Okay. And I feel like people egos are there lurking in the darkness Mm -hmm. of every partnership. And I try to avoid triggering it. You know what I mean? Sure. So I've been cases where I took CEO, like, I mean, with Spinify, I definitely should have been the CEO of Spinify, in my opinion. Too shy. Um, But I know my partner at the time, I felt like he would have worked harder Mm. if he had that position. Okay. I can see that. Like ego and pride would make you go harder if you say I'm the CEO of this thing. Absolutely. So a lot of times I've made, in my opinion, not good business decisions just to make stronger part what I feel is start stronger partnership. Stronger. I see. I think I um to make the partnership strong, mm. what I thought was making it stronger, I didn't take it. So what is Picking the wrong CEO, mm-hmm. how does that hurt your company? I mean, it like I said, if, if that person is not able to drive the vision and drive the, the company towards the vision, then you lack direction. Does it matter if you're 50-50 partners? It it doesn't. I think that's the I think that's the part where I I talk to clients typically to get them out of that whole mind frame of CEO, COO, and titles, right? I think it, what's important is that you understand more of what the role should be before we start to assign those titles. Because if I know what my role is and how to work my role, and that's my strong suit, then I have no issue with doing what I have to do on a daily basis for the company, right? right. But when we start to talk CEO or COO or all of these different acronyms, people have what their perception is of what this means, right? So if I'm talking CEO and I have, and I'm disregarding what my role is, then I might look at myself like, shit, I'm Richard Branson or something. You know what I mean? So here's how I should operate. I'm Steve Jobs, so here's what I should do. 
and motherfuckers start coming in with black turtlenecks and jeans every day. You know what I mean? And then it, you, you just get off the base of what you should be doing on a daily basis and on a consistent basis as it relates to that role because now you're trying to overcompensate because I got this title of CEO. Right. So we talk about our roles and what we're going to do based off our strengths. Mm -hmm. What does that partnership agreement look like? What are the key ingredients that should be in this entree of a contract? Everything that y'all talk about, reducing it to writing. Even, even those tough conversations or whatnot as it relates to, okay, well, you're not that strong in that area. So this is what you really should be doing. And coming to that agreement and documenting whatever that agreement is after you guys have agreed upon that ver verbally. I think that's, a, that's how I'm going to start every partnership. I'm like, what do you suck at? That's it's, it's probably the most effective way to do it. Because if, let's say we, we start a business together, but we share the same strengths and weaknesses, we're the same person essentially in this business. Right. So the shit ain't going nowhere. Right. You know what I mean? So maybe this partnership won't work as is, although I'm a lawyer and you operate in a consulting space and everything that you do, maybe, you know, we're frying burgers or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. But shit, maybe we just both just know how to fry burgers really well, but we don't know shit about the business of moving food. So how does that look? We need somebody else to come in and help us navigate in that area, in that arena. So if we can understand that in the beginning and set that out in the beginning, it just makes it much easier to move forward. Do you have like a price range um, as it pertains to like, yo, we need to invest in starting this right. Mm -hmm. Bring legal counsel in at the beginning to help us set it up, contract, price range, not nothing set in stone. Right, right, right. Be prepared to pay from here to here. Um, at minimum, Five hundred to a thousand dollars. Consult with a lawyer, <laughs> which is, which is in the grand scheme of things, that's a little bit. That's, 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 cheap. that's on the low side because you're going to have a lawyer that's going to charge anywhere from two hundred dollars an hour up to you know four five hundred dollars an hour. You know, on the high end. You right. know what I mean? So, at the very least, if you sit down with the lawyer, have a consultation or a discovery meeting, right? That lawyer should be able to hear from all the parties that are involved. And give information, you know, in response to what's being said at that meeting. And then it makes it easier to navigate, you know, drafting up that agreement from there. So you're paying essentially for a consultation and then subsequently for that agreement. So your partnership. And I'm asking for myself, like, this sure. is like real question. Like, I think LLC is the thing that people just go to. Yeah. But. How do you, how, what's the best way to term it? We should be an incorporation. We should be an escort. Like, it really depends. There are a lot of variables that go into that. Uh, LLC is probably the go to because it's a little bit more straightforward and people understand it with regard to the liability protection, right? So that helps in that perspective. Uh, but you also have the opportunity to do like a joint venture where with the joint venture, you can incorporate it or file an LLC for it. Uh, or you can incorporate the company if you plan later on, you know, to go public with it and uh, have stocks and shares that people can buy into the company and everything as well. So it, it just really depends um, on a number of variables as it relates to the company. 
and just kind of what that vision is from the outset, you know, moving forward. But if at any time uh, you do start an LLC or start out an LLC, you can always go back and uh, convert. Restructure. Right. You can restructure and convert that LLC to a, a corporation. So you always have that flexibility to do that. All right. All right. All right. Well, for me, uh, I mean, that's, I'm going to be calling you. Of course. And, I, and I'm telling everybody else, like, because I'm actually about to start two new ventures um, with two different people. And uh, okay. I'm going to be looking forward to um, doing it right because I've done it wrong before. Right. And I've been in a situation where I didn't take heed to this. So I'm telling everybody that's listening on the sound of my voice. Check out the Lions Den or get ate by the hyenas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a drop. That's a drop. I like that one. Okay. But now, nah, for sure, man, I mean, you know, the thing about it um, is uh, it's it's just better to be safe than sorry. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we I, I navigated you through that uh, Spendify situation, the end of it. And I mean, we know how that went. That wasn't a quick resolution. <laughs> but there were a lot of things, you know, that that were small, you know, from from a grand scheme of things and whatnot that, you know, we had to figure out and go through and, you know, just kind of back and forth with regard to the lawyers. So, you know, the lawyers were happy, you know, because we ate, you know, really well off of that or whatever. And the, the email, the hundred dollar emails and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it's just it's just better to be safe than sorry. So that that's the overall advice. You know what I mean? Cool. Hey, appreciate. So yeah. It. So let's talk. I'll send you the uh, the bill, and see. And that's how we do it on that's law. We we have our guests who sit in, and you know they get some of this advice, but then we send them a bill afterwards because what just happened and what you guys experienced is that I just gave value to my yeah. client on the show. So we're gonna send them a bill, and and they're gonna put this. Uh, podcast out for you guys and continue to distribute. So it's it's a win win for me. Uh, shout out to the Lions Den and, and Lions Den Legal man and and just others. So uh, moving right along. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I gotta call my brother. I better call my housekeeper. I gotta call my lawyer. Can I make a phone call to my lawyer? That sound good? I want to check with my attorney. Mama, call my lawyer, cause it's time to go to trial. No read me, no charges, call my lawyer. I said I need a lawyer. So it's that time in the show, y'all. Y'all know we take a question or two every week. Uh we got a question, sounds like. Yes, sir. Yes, what, sir. What's the question today, Keith? Uh, this question is from Caleb Duke. Shout out. Uh, actually, it's about business partnership. Hey. It says, when starting a business with a partner, what is the best practice to breaking a tie in a 50-50 partnership? Good question, Caleb. Nah, very good question, because that, that happens often, you know, where you have um, 50-50 partners in a company and they're not always going to see eye to eye, but it goes back to that agreement that we have discussed and that we discussed with Eldridge, uh, figuring out that tiebreaker. And there are a lot of different ways to do it. So there's not one method. It can either be a situation where in that agreement, uh, one partner or the partners take turns as it relates to tiebreaking. Right. That, that can be an example of, of tie breaking. 
Uh, in other situations, if you have people that you hire to manage the company or help run the company, they can, you know, be given limited permission to have input as it relates to breaking the tie in a, in a particular situation. Um, in the event that you have a third partner, that also helps with respects to breaking the tie. So there, there are several different ways to do it. It's just really about uh, coming to an agreement with your partner up front and having that, you know, in the in whatever partnership agreement or operating agreement or corporate bylaws that you guys have, uh, having that outlined accordingly as it relates to that. So there's not one way to do it. It's, it's really, you know, about being creative and, and being fair as it relates to being partners. So that's, you know, pretty much the answer as it relates to that. So very good question. And, you know, again, it's just about having that dialogue. We're going to wrap it up right now. Uh, I, I hope you guys really took your notes this time. Uh, I ask you guys to take notes every time we have a pod. But I really hope you guys took notes this time, especially if you're going to embark on that journey of starting a business with a partner. Um, make sure, just to recap, that you know who that person is and you guys have personalities that mesh at the very least so that you can work together. Make sure that you seek an attorney early on to draft out whatever agreements you need with regard to the partnership and to get the business started on the right foot. And again, it's better to be safe than sorry. So do what you have to do. And remember, as always, it's not opinion. It's not facts. It's law. That's law. Appreciate y'all for checking us out again. That's Law Thursday. We're out. Peace. such a good lawyer that by tomorrow morning you're going to be working in Alaska. So dress warm.